Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 341 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, the Kings, unfortunately, lose to the Warriors 101 to 102. Yes, another close game, another very exhilarating game because the Kings and the Warriors just cannot, for the life of them, have a boring game ever. And unfortunately, the Kings fall just short because Clay Thompson hit a go ahead bucket over Davion Mitchell uh, with 0.2 seconds left on the clock. And the Kings uh, had to execute a lob, were not able to do it. And yeah, they lose uh, two, two times in a row to the Warriors, unfortunately, without this time without Fox. But I enjoyed what, what they were able to do this game, just without Fox. Yeah, and it's pretty impressive what they uh, accomplished today in, I guess, in some ways, because, you know, without Fox being their primary scorer, especially in the clutch, I mean, I gotta say we got we did pretty well, especially being only, you know, losing by one. And yeah, as you heard, uh, he is with me, uh, Fong. But yeah, like so for the most part, I'm not negative about this game at all. I thought the I thought the Kings had a really good game plan they basically were just going to take away Steph and just live with just pretty much everyone else beating them so even on that final play like you, you guess who passed it to clay for the game winner Steph like they they locked up not locked up Steph like that's a very strong statement but they took him out out of the offense especially in the fourth quarter where basically he didn't really score he he had you know I think one or two big threes and he had the floater to go ahead but other than that like you know they they were going to make someone else beat them and it was happened to be Clay Thompson yeah which is too bad because you know Clay for the most part in up into that point what not per se he wasn't playing well he he just wasn't hitting his shots at that time but you know he hit a big one and it was for the win yeah and it, it is what it is you know again i can't complain about it too much like you know you you go toe to toe with a very good team like i mean some some people are saying like the warriors are going to be really good this year because they beat the rockets and new orleans mm. so and now the kings twice so like good good for good on them um the main the main thing that i noticed that kind of cost the kings the game was that they were not able to extend the lead with Steph on the bench, particularly to start the fourth quarter and even to kind of end the uh, the third quarter, where basically this is kind of the genius of getting Chris Paul. Chris Paul stabilizes things. He runs the offense really well and does not make mistakes. And, you know, this game, two, only two points, but eight assists and zero turnovers. You know, he basically just runs the offense make gets gets everyone good shots and you know Dario Sarge even though he could not finish it in the paint worth a shit he managed to absolutely kill kill the Kings uh from the outside and a lot of that was created by Chris Paul yeah pretty much and which is in a way I'd say it's a good, a good idea in terms of putting him uh coming off the bench because I feel like without Chris Paul um you know, playing with these bench players, I don't know if the game would have uh, played out differently. But I mean, without him, I felt like um, the Warriors had a better chance uh, to winning. 
And yeah, the, the Kings not being able to just take abuse the Warriors with stuff on the bench was kind of the key to this game. And a lot of that goes to Chris Paul. Part of it is just like some bad luck. Now, I don't see a lot of offensive rebounds, but it felt like during that stretch, they got plenty of offensive rebounds that led to second chance points for the Warriors. And those points were crucial because the, the war, I mean, the Kings actually got an 11 point lead in the third quarter against the Warriors. And it looked like they were starting to establish dominance, but they, they let it slip away. The Warriors kind of fought back into it. And again, they just could not extend the lead uh, with Steph on the bench and that kind of doomed them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and on the on the Kings' side, again, I thought they played pretty well. Sabonis was very aggressive. You know, I, I really like that he's actually taking that mid-range jumper. My thing is he does not need to be, like, real great from three. He doesn't even really need to be good from three. But if he's willing to take that mid that mid-range jumper, that opens up a lot for the offense. And I and I thought he was really good despite missing five free throws. He did get he did go to the line uh 12 times or he did get 12 free throws. He was very aggressive. I would personally like to see him play more aggressive like this, but with Fox, like it's probably just a better option. And like you you should just give those positions to Fox, but I'd like to see this level of aggression more often from Sabonis. Yeah, we shall see, but um we dig of his shot. I thought it was a little flat still in, for my liking. I mean, that final shot where he banked it in, I don't even know if he tried to do it on purpose. That was a high archer. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Like, it, take one or two to just spread the offense out a little bit. It's not a pretty shot. Like, don't get it Don't get, don't get it twisted. But, like, at, it seems comfortable enough. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harrison, look, he, he, he shot well from three. And he had some good plays, but the one rebound, like if he's, you know, Harrison has a habit of just kind of existing within the offense and just kind of fading away on the offensive end. But then at the same time, when you're doing that, you have to do other things. And like, sure, he's a good defender. He does a lot of things, but he needs to rebound. The one rebound thing is a little ridiculous. When you see that Kevin Herter has turned it up, like nine rebounds, 11 points, didn't shoot well, but I like his I like his aggression, and that's a word I'm going to be using a lot. And you know, he seems to have found his confidence back. Oh yeah, and going back to Harrison Barnes, I felt like he stayed in the corner a little too much. Uh, I know he's usually more aggressive up top when he drives in, but it didn't seem that way this game. But I mean, with Kevin Herter um, being kind of like just doing so well <laughs> in uh, both ends and also somehow in the rebounding. And it just seems like he was in the better place at the right time. Yeah, but it's just one rebound. You just need yeah. more, unfortunately. He did shoot well from three this game. It's probably one of his better – well, you know, he had the Jazz game, but like he's been, he's been shooting well. He should just be more aggressive, honestly. Uh, Keegan Murray, he was, he was very aggressive. Unfortunately, just did not shoot it well. Four for 15 from the field for 10 points. He started, I think, 0 for 7 from 3 and, like, did not score in the first half. But I like the aggression. The, the results are not there yet. He's not making a ton of shots. But I like that he's attacking. There's a confidence about him. His first bucket was crossing up Clay Thompson. Like, oh, my God. Like, I think Clay is, Clay is fried on the defensive end nowadays. But... 
Like the the aggression, just his incredible touch. He's get he's gonna he's gonna be really good. And like there was one finish where he bumped Looney on a drive and managed to finish over him. I, I really like what I see, despite the despite it not going in all the time. I, I, I like the aggression. Oh yeah. I'm just hoping that his um thumb injury isn't affecting him too much for his shooting. So like, you know, you hope that he just his thumb just gets better. And that's a thing you can point to, like the shooting will get better. Because like once he figures it out, once he just he, his thumb heals up, um, he'll kind of he'll like actually go into, you know what how he finished last season. And let's not forget last year he started out pretty terrible. Like remember that like long stretch where he legitimately couldn't hit shit. Yeah, that's true. And I guess yeah, you could say the same for this uh the start of the season because man, those two air balls this game weren't weren't pretty. But yeah, I still like the aggression. I like where this is going. Like middle of the season, I think it's gonna he's gonna be so good. Um, let's uh move over. Uh, okay, one quick thing about Javale McGee: Why do the Kings let him do stuff? He he really should just be exclusively a lob threat, a pick and roll roll man, and that is it. Why was he isoing against Dario Saric? Why was he posting up Dario Saric? Now, of course, they were going at the Kings as a whole were going after Saric, and Saric was pretty powerless to stop a lot of it. But why JaVale McGee? Like three for seven for what he does is terrible. Hey, did you like his dream shake? <laughs> yeah, where he blew the first layup for no reason, despite it being wide ass open, and he had to tip it in. No. I mean, the two big plays I remember from Javel was what you call the block from Kaminga, who was going for that. That was nasty. Yeah, that was nasty. And on the other end, he drives in and does a little dream fake or you know fake just to make a good layup. And that's pretty much all I could say about Javel at this point. I'll just say, as soon as he tries to do anything other than other than lob threat and roll man. He starts to look like Hassan Whiteside to me. That's what it reminds me of. It's just a guy. Why is he like doing hook shots and all that shit? He's not good at it. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Uh, Malik Monk, I thought was really good. There was a few moments where he, there was a moment where he basically got locked up by Gary Payton and kind of forgot that the shot clock existed. But I thought he was pretty good. And, you know, unfortunately, this game, they needed more of that from Malik. But you know, it is what it is. I, I thought I still think he was very good and just being kind of that, you know, primary creator, honestly, uh, outside of like when Fox isn't there. Yeah. And it's too bad that he couldn't get inside the paint as well uh, due to GP because I felt like he we could have drew some fouls in some plays because we got to the bonus, I believe, twice pretty early between, I want to say, the second and fourth quarter. Ah. I know the well the fourth quarter we didn't get into the bonus until late. It might happen the third, maybe. But uh yeah, I, I thought it was pretty funny in the fourth quarter when I think the Kings had three fouls at the 10 minute mark. They did not go into the bonus the, the, um uh, in the fourth quarter. And my first thought when I saw the three fouls, like, no, the, that's not an issue against the Warriors. They're not a team that drives to the rim at all. So I thought that's just a funny thought I had. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that's kind of the game. Oh, but last thing, Kobe Jones. I thought he was good. He had he even had a he even had a block at the end of the third quarter against uh, GP driving to the well, not driving to the rim. He tried to lay it in, and 
Um, Kobe Jones has blocked that to the backboard. Like, he's just really good out there. You know, he doesn't try to do too much. He just makes the right play. And then on defense, he's aggressive and just, you know, a presence out there. Just a really, really good player. Yeah, it's just too bad we didn't see more of him out there, Um, especially now. Well, he didn't get into foul trouble, per se. It's just... um, just didn't put him out there enough, I feel. Yeah, um, hope, hopefully, like, you know, one of the silver linings is that Kobe Jones is able to kind of figure himself out in the rotation and even maybe even sneak into the rotation. Like, it's interesting that, you know, the Kings did not play Jordan Ford. I don't know if he's – he was he was at the game, I think. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's interesting that, you know, they don't use their – they don't use their uh, – you know, basically their third string point guard instead run Kobe Jones there. And I thought he looked really solid. So just very interesting. I really do hope he finds his way because he does a lot of good things out there. A lot of the little things as well. Well, just got to prove Mike Brown wrong, I guess. Well, I I think, I think he just wants to make the rookie earn it. It it, it is what it is. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Anything else you want to quickly talk about uh, in the game? I don't think so. It just felt like the Warriors. I mean, they got a lot of drive-ins, I feel. like They score a lot within the paint, which, you know, we kind of didn't expect. Um, the rare I, thing for the Warriors. so Pretty much. And Draymond, he had two for four from free. I mean, the only two threes he made were literally in the beginning of the first quarter. And at that point, I was like, oh, crap. If Draymond's hitting two threes already, I, I don't know what's to come. But, I mean, at least we played great enough defense to, you know, succumb to the rest of the team besides Steph in a way because I, I don't think we'll be able to stop Steph unless he misses, which would have been grateful. But other than that, I mean, great game. Um, It was – I'm not going to lie. I felt like this is more of a roller coaster of emotions than the Lakers game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean the lead, especially towards the end. But the, the the Kings need to figure out how to stop getting back cut as much as they do. Like, they, I don't think you can really protect against that unless you have great rim protection, which the Kings, you know, to nobody's surprise, don't have. Um, they they need to figure out how to not get back cut. Um, but the Warriors are so good at moving off the ball. Like, not only do you have, do you have to deal with Steph Curry, let's not forget Clay Thompson. These guys are you know expert back cutters and. You know, for all the faults of Draymond Green, very good at hitting guys who are cutting back door. It, it, it's just what he does. And even Kavon Looney with six with six assists. It's just it's just what they do. And but the Kings do need to just get better at that. And it's a it's a issue that's very unique to the Warriors. But if they ever do want to be a good defense, they need to be better as a team of just covering each other. But it, it's really hard to do without, you know, elite rim protection. Yeah, only time can tell about that. <laughs> okay, some uh, miscellaneous Kings news. Uh, Mike Bibby joins the NBC broadcasting team. Uh, he was not on the broadcast tonight. He was actually on the post-game uh, or the pre-game and post-game show with Morgan Reagan, but he will be joining the broadcasting team. So congratulations to him. Uh, hopefully he's good. I've not heard him talk about the game, so I don't know if he's going to be any good at this. Yeah, I mean... I don't think he had any broadcasting experience, has he, before coming in, right? I don't think so. If he so, does, I don't know about it. No, yeah. So I'm guessing he's 
replacing Kyle Draper then? I don't know, actually. I really don't. Hmm. I mean, congrats on Mike. It's nice to see that, uh, you know, another Kings legend coming in to uh, commentate. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, well, we'll see, I guess, in the next uh, Kings broadcast that we happen to come across, I guess. We'll see yeah. uh, what he uh, has dots for about the Sacramento Kings. Like, for example, I think, like, Matt Barnes is actually really good. Like, it's, that's one guy I never thought of would, would be actually good at these things, good at this thing, just because... I don't know. I thought he was a bit of a goon when he played, but like he's a very well-spoken guy. And we'll see what Mike is like. Oh yeah, I mean it's also nice that Matt Barnes also invited. Uh, I needed to watch the what you call it, Javel and um, Herder uh, podcast they did on all the smoke. I did watch the uh, Kevin Herder part, although I didn't. I didn't fully finish it, but it was a. Uh, it was very good. Um. So, so I'll just say that. Okay. So. Okay, uh, the other piece of King's news, uh, this is just something that matters really to me, but I want to bring it up. Uh, JaVale did not make Shaq in the Fool. His uh, his block of, remember the Malik dunk on uh, Ke- on Chris Dunn, almost like Kevin Dunn, Chris Dunn. And then right after that, on the next play, uh, JaVale blocks, I think it was Ochai Abaji, flexes. And meanwhile, uh, Walker Kessler gets the rebound, just literally lays it in behind him while he's flexing. It's just genuinely one of the funniest things. Uh, well, I guess it <laughs> it wasn't bad enough for uh, Shaq and the Fool that week, I guess. Yeah, there, they, there was a Jordan, the, the of course, the one that wins. Uh, the Jordan Poole uh, turnaround, um, the turnaround three against Chris Stops that gets uh, sent back. Or gets blocked, and then yeah, so that was the one that won. By the way, did you see the clip that apparently? So they, so he throws the uh, ball off the backboard to Kyle Kuzma on a fast break for for a dunk while they were down twenty. Oh, <laughs> that didn't sound so great. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, so that happened. It's a. Uh, have fun, Washington. My God, I, I, I would just, I, my soul, I think, would die watching Jordan pull that much. Yeah, I mean, you just have to hope that he's serviceable enough to uh, take you far, I guess. Okay, all right, so that's the, all the Kings news. Let's get to the big news that uh, broke basically right after when I, right, right after us uh, recording the last episode. Hard, James Harden. Uh, has been traded to the Clippers along with PJ Tucker uh, for um, Mar- Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, uh, and Ke- uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. along with two firsts, uh, two seconds, and a pick swap. What were your thoughts when you first heard the news? <sighs> I, I was like, sure. I mean, you kind of do lose on some some depth, but. I mean, how much can Harden provide, to be honest, after, I don't know. It just feels like he's just a few years out of his prime at this point. I don't know how... Oh, oh. No, go ahead, sorry. I just don't know how much he can provide to this Clippers team uh, to, you know, make a big push into playoffs, to be honest. Well, what he will provide is an actual point guard, like... You know, Russ is good, but like the fact that he just is not a threat to shoot is is a problem. 
But like Carden does give him a legitimate guy that will set guys up. Now, does he want to do that is a whole other question. Does he want to go to, you know, do the Harden dance ISO? We'll, we'll see. He's usually uh, he's usually on his best behavior in the first year. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll again see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, losing losing Nicholas Batum for the Clippers is kind of big. He was actually really good for this team, but they basically replaced him with PJ Tucker, who's just the, the toughest, scariest, like ton, like literally a ton of a break of a man, and a guy that definitely has a voice, uh, brings a level of toughness to him. Now, uh, if he would ever shoot and make some threes, that'd be amazing. But getting PJ is actually really big for them. Harden, I think, will help the Clippers a little bit, but to what extent? And it's and let you know, let's get this out of the way. If Paul George and Kawhi aren't healthy, none of this shit matters. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess it all comes down to how they'll play together <laughs> once the playoffs comes around. And hopefully, yeah, like you said, by that time everyone's healthy so we'll see will russ be in the closing lineup do you think oh. the time of the playoffs no i i'm not gonna lie i feel like russ should come off the bench but that's just me to be honest yeah well i mean it's it's a weird fit like they're not they're, they don't they actually look very awkward like with each other now like after the houston thing it, it's a bit it's a situation i'll just say that um okay well uh so that is kind of just a quick recap of the trade uh the, the kings are somehow involved in this trade because in that trade harden uh james harden of course and pj tucker go to the clippers but also another guy that went to the clippers was philip petrusev um he he was part he was part of the package that uh that philly sent and the clippers even even put out a graphic that said uh you know welcome to the clippers but within an hour, they traded him to the Kings. And yeah, so the King, they're going to send uh, Philip Petrusev and uh, cash considerations to the Kings uh, and who are who's going to use their 15th roster spot to put to fill him to or to complete the trade. And the Kings are going to give him a chance to kind of prove himself. He is a 23-year-old 6'11 power forward. It said uh, Sean Cunningham said he was uh, 235 pounds. He was the 50th pick in the 2021 draft, the WCC Player of the Year on Gonzaga. But in the NBA, he has only played just under three minutes. Total? Total. Oh, my goodness. Okay, no wonder It's not why. a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, no wonder why I haven't heard about this guy. Jeez. One, no wonder you have. I haven't heard of him. <laughs> when I first was like, who? But apparently, uh, he in summer league, he did average uh, through, I think, five games, 10.4 points and 6.2 rebounds. Apparently, he's been good for the Serbian national team. He's So I looked at his stats from college. Not much of a shooter. Um, shot 18% from three in his second year. In his second year. And the first wow. year, he did shoot 30%. But he's a long, lanky guy who can kind of look like he can put the ball on the ground a little bit. I don't know what to think of those kinds of international players. He's in, he's somewhat interesting. Um, yeah, let's see if he can actually do anything with the Kings. Yeah, maybe develop him in the G League. But other than that, I don't 
expect to see him much on the court, to be honest. You never know. Like the Kings are kind of looking for something at that position. And if he turns out to be good and Monty has an eye for this kind of stuff, like something that he has, like whether it's like analytics or something, he usually managed to kind of fish out some gems like Kessler Edwards, getting him from Brooklyn was, you know, a bit of a coup. And then like, let's not forget like guys like Terrence Davis, like, you know, just get getting, getting him for pennies. Uh, from the Raptors and you know Delon right before you know they traded him, he's he's got an eye for talent, I think. And let's see if this is another one of those gems that he finds. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Okay, that does it for the basketball news. Uh, I, I'll quickly transition to uh, just a little bit of wrestling. Or actually, before we actually do that, I want to actually promote something. Yes, uh, I, I, we uh, we are going to promote uh, one of our partners. Uh, this is this is a company that was created by a, a buddy of mine from college. So uh, for those of you that are interested in getting you know some sort of uh, desk decoration um, or some you know other assortments, go to Etsy.com H uh, Y V V Designs. Uh, that's HYV Designs, and use promo code uh, SKT15 for a 15% discount. They have some very interesting items uh, on sale. Uh, so they have, you know, you know, the related to the Kings. They have, you know, light the beam things that you can put on your desk and really cool designs. But if you're not a King, even if you're not a Kings fan, I don't know why you're listening to this, but um, they have they have other stuff that they created. For example, they created a uh, house house of a uh, house of a uh, game of thrones house stark a uh, pin and they also have like coasters uh with you know the liverpool uh liverpool soccer club and also they have a wide variety of things and a lenium neon design um that that is for sale so yeah go check go check them out use the code um skt15 for a 15% discount so that they know we sent you so yeah, that that is our first essentially partnership slash sponsorship ever. So mark mark that down. Please please check them out on Etsy.com. H V H Y V Designs. Okay, uh, let's move on to kind of just uh, some some just random wrestling news. Uh, do, do you know who Simon Miller is, right, Fong? Yeah, from uh, what, what was what it? culture? Yeah, what culture? Geez, it's been it's been a while since I've heard from him. Yes, so uh, Simon Miller from What Culture. Um, a few years ago, he started wrestling training. He debuted for, I think it was Defiant Wrestling at that point. It, it was really awesome. And, you know, he even talked about his goals. Like, you know, he, he was hoping to just do British indies and just see where, where it takes him. And right now, like, it's taking him overseas to impact wrestling, TNA. But <clears throat> he, has a, he has, I think, signed an official contract with uh, TNA. He will be wrestling at... I believe it's Turning Point, uh, the pay-per-view. And it's just really cool to see him just making moves. He's He'll be wrestling, I think it was it was Joe Hendry at their next show. So yeah, really congratulations to him. Just a great guy who's worked hard and just, you know, I don't watch what culture anymore, but like he's a guy that I just never stop hearing good things about. Just seemingly the most wonderful guy. And he's really just done a great, just great work all throughout the Indies and just... All, all around wonderful guy 
and just really happy that a guy like him is able to kind of find this level of success. Oh yeah, congrats on him. I'm just gonna assume that he's not gonna be doing what culture anymore then, huh? We'll see. I'm not sure. Again, I haven't watched them in so long. It's just there have been so many so much turnover with them. Yeah. Um, but you know, like the net like now that he's made TNA, like the sky could be the limit for him. Like there is a world where he joins AEW and maybe even WWE at this point. Like it, that'd be pretty awesome. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see about that. Congratulations to him. And uh, with that, I am out of topics to talk about. Um, do you have anything you want to quickly go over? Well, on the same day of uh, what you might call it, the Harden trade, um, ah, man, I, I almost said Mike McDaniels. It's Josh McDaniels <laughs> gets fired. Along with the GM. Along with the GM, which we'll see how the Raiders will <laughs> do after this, but I, yeah, we'll have to see because I I think it's gonna t- take the whole season still to um, you know, get acclimated, and uh, I just feel bad that you know Devonte Adams, which is their star wide receiver, is isn't you know traded yet, but maybe he does still want to stay with the Raiders, but who knows. Yeah, I mean, like, I've not heard anything good about Josh McDaniels from from the time I've been just listening and watching football. Just an awful coach that's been basically saddled onto the Raiders with an owner that does not want to pay for another coach. Apparently, they're still paying, I think, John Gruden. Like, they had to settle out a court about that one. And so they're still going to be paying Josh McDaniels for, I think, the next two seasons. I think $20 total for 10 years, or no, for two years. But this is a step in the right direction. It, it seemed like something needed to happen. And yeah, this 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 probably will kind of punt their their year, but at least there's hope for next season as opposed to, you know, keeping him. Yeah, we shall see. Other than that, I mean, Niners got Chase Young. I mean. From, from Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that that I was the first thing I thought. Yeah, and I haven't heard that in a while, but uh, what you want to call it? You know, playing alongside with Bosa again back in Ohio State, but kind of wish we got some other acquisitions for the O line or even the corners. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, uh, now that instead of doubling Bosa, now they have to pick and choose between Chase Young and uh, Bosa. So we'll we'll see how this goes for defense because gonna kind of need it for the rest of the season i feel yeah so it, i mean when is the trade deadline for the uh for, it's, for nfl it's already over oh it's already over because i kept hearing because i kept hearing about it or reading about it on a twitter yeah i mean that's why so many um, moves have happened yesterday because it ended yesterday <laughs> so yeah i mean we'll see how this goes and We'll see how much the uh, Niners will change after, you know, because this week is their bye week. So, you know, give some break, give some time to rest up, come up with stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll bounce back out. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, sounds good. Hopefully the Niners do bounce back. You know, three in a row again is very tough. You know, just, you know, sometimes it takes a while for things to completely come, come through together. 
And, you know, it's good that they're going to go through adversity because, you know, pressure makes the makes the best diamonds. And, you know, like hopefully like they're sticking together because you need to stick together through these situations. And when you can overcome these situations, you become a better team. And so that's hopefully what happens with the Niners this year, because they are they are still probably Super Bowl favorites. Oh, yeah, we shall see. Okay, uh, so with that, uh, I have nothing else, and you seem to have uh, said your part. So uh, we are going to call this an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.